otherwise the thing that I might have talked about, I've realized this is the most corporate thing ever for me or where I feel like I've sold out as Harvey Z. Uh-huh. Car shopping. I'm what? looking at cars. And How like, is that selling out? Because as a kid, I loved all these cars. Are you going to buy the Poperghini? No. Okay. I, so again, this is the opposite. I'm like looking up what's the most practical car for the mileage. And then I'm like 18-inch rims, $2,000. No. What's what's standard? What's the base stock? What's the best mile? What's safety ratings? What's the... I feel like a goddamn adult. <laughs> I hate it so fucking much. I'm going to stick with my 2010 Mustang for as long as that thing carries me. It gives me it some It has youth. one of the highest ratings as well. The problem is I don't want the same car you do, <laughs> but I really fucking like the Mustang. Hey, I wouldn't be insulted. Remember, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. No, Harvey Z is an individual, <laughs> except for this time when he's like looking at Priuses and stuff. Because again, the safety ratings, the mileage. But God damn it. Again, 18 year old me would have been, what the fuck? What about the Dream Cadillacs, the Escalades? What about the Nissan 350Z? What about like a Cadillac convertible with fins and stuff the from Subaru, the 1950s? Subaru WRX. No, now it's like Priuses. The Kia Soul. The Kia has a really nice value for the price value. And like, I've sold out. This man. episode of Make Me a Gamer is brought to you by Kia and Toyota. Shop for... <sighs> Don't sell out, kids. Or, I mean... It's practical. It's a gamer. We're here. It's a gamer. That's it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Me a Gamer. That was the saddest. Like, I'm sorry, guys. It's just, yeah, it's practical. It's like my defeat right there. Hello, everyone. They have cool options. Stop it. I'm trying to do the intro. I know you want to talk about cars, but that's Real not how we problem. do this. <laughs> uh, I, I'm your host, T-Man, and I'm here with... Harvey Z, corporate sellout. <laughs> oh, we don't even get the full intro. That's sad. In the place to be? <laughs> or not to be. That is the question. 18-inch rims. Not even 20s. Anyway. I don't even know what that means. Like, that's how far my... Really? As a kid? Like, that was a big thing in high school. I didn't... I never cared about rims. I mean, I liked rap videos and stuff, and rims were a status symbol, and 22s... Okay, that makes sense. So, like, 18s are pretty... They're not... Like, most cars come 16 or 17. 18 is not even that impressive. Really, you want your 20s and your 22s, and the spinning ones where if you stop and then they spin... Twenty to like two thousand to three thousand. Now that I'm actually working and the paycheck, and it's like no, no, I don't want my car to just like stop and it's still going. Like what? I'll be on the inside. I won't even fucking see it. (laughs) Again, eighteen year old me would have been like, "You sold out." I don't think that's selling out because like, isn't selling out when you like do stuff so you can make money so you can get that? Or is it like just keeping the money and not like splurging on these things? Isn't that selling out? I don't think so. Because like Green Day sold out when they made like American Idiot and made a whole shit ton of money because they weren't punk anymore. Yeah. And that's when they got like Lamborghinis and shit. So like it's when you So I'm keeping it real by going for the practical, affordable options for my... Yeah, exactly. I don't think anyone out there will agree with you on keeping it real, but I appreciate it, T-Man. I'm trying. I'm trying, man. Okay. I'm okay. here for yeah. you. The real punk is owning an affordable car that does, like, a minivan. That's the real punk. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. You know, that hit song by uh, NoFX, Minivans and Hoes or something. I don't know. Never listened to NoFX. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, They're kind of shitty now. Are they? Yeah. Are they kind of conservative now? A little bit. I'd heard like song titles recently and I was like, oh, it seems very not so social justice-y. There's this song that was... Like, when I listened to it back in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, it's a song called uh, Don't Call Me White. Yeah, that's what I know by them. Yeah, and that, when you listen to that song now, that sounds like it could, like, be an alt-right anthem. Oh, damn it. I mean, and I'm pretty sure it was in jest at the time, but... No, it can be usurped, like... Yeah. Yeah. Anything (sighs) can be usurped and used. Yeah. Anyway, so, last week... We did a whole bunch of shitting on things. Like, we were had a bunch of negative energy. That's true, and we didn't even get paid five bucks for it. Yeah, no, we didn't get paid for it. But this week, we're going to be positive. We're going to talk about things that uplift us. Okay, so we start out... Th- last week, we went all fanboyish with the Spider-Man. This time, we got a little bit sad with the corporate crap. That now was gonna- all you, man. I came in here positive, and you were just like, nah, I'm just going to... It was my complain. real life. It spilled over into this. Yeah, this is, okay. We're, we're gaming. We're not talking about. This cars is my escape, and... and this is the fans' escape. That's what I'm here for. Is the fans? Not. <laughs> I got to remember that. Yeah. Um. So I have one piece of news that we can start with. That's a positive thing that okay. happened this past weekend, and from there we'll get into some other stuff. And I don't really have anything planned outside of this one news story. So we can kind of freeform it and see where it goes. We do have a, like a couple games that, that we can talk about, um, things like that. Uh, but first, so this weekend, a YouTuber slash Twitch streamer by the name of H Bomber Guy, mm-hmm. um, he used to do a lot of gaming like analyses videos and things like that, and he still does them. But he also kind of leaned more into political stuff. Um, so his YouTube is like a weird mix of politics and gaming. And so last month, this charity called Mermaids, which is a charity that supports transgender youth in the mm-hmm. UK and like helps them out and gets them money and support and things like that. Uh, they, the government, I'm not entirely sure how this works because I'm not British, Mm -hmm. but like the UK has like a subset of a lottery amount that they give to like charities or something. Uh And like, it's, I don't know if it's randomized or, but like mermaids was going to be the recipient of some of this lottery money. And this guy named Graham Linehan, Linehan, I don't know how to pronounce it, mm-hmm. but he's the creator of the uh, IT crowd or it crowd. Oh, I do like that show. Uh, no? I mean, he came out and was like, he's like been very anti-transgender. <sighs> yeah, he came okay. out, he came out and like started a petition petition and tried to get people to like write into the, the people who are in control of the lottery saying that like. Uh, mermaids is an extremist group and that they shouldn't be getting government money. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so he was, you know, very transphobic and kind of stuff like that. Uh, and so because of this, the lottery amount got was put under review. So they're not still not sure if the mermaids uh, charity will get it. So what H bomber guy did is he's also British since to tie everything together. Okay. Uh, Cause he's like, you know, screw you, Graham. Uh, I'm going to do a charity stream uh, for mermaids. 
And what he decided to do was he was going to 101% Donkey Kong 64 because it's a game that he played when he was a kid but never beat and he had a lot of trouble with. So he's like, come hell or high water, I'm going to spend as much time as I need to to completely complete this game because you know it's always been the bane of my existence. And the the percentage math there... Hundred and one percent. So like yeah, yeah. So it, to get when you get everything in the Donkey Kong games, like Donkey Kong Country was one hundred and one percent. Donkey Kong Country Two was one hundred and two percent. Okay. You know, so it like there's okay, yeah. One hundred one percent is everything in the game. So like all the collectibles, all the mini games, mm-hmm. all the stuff like that, and just as, as a little bit of a side note here to just to explain the the task in this Donkey Kong sixty four is highly regarded as one of the most annoying and like hardest games to oh. complete at like they get that whole 101 percent. so i don't know how familiar you are with the n64 games and things like that i mean this was one of those games that came out early enough that it was on demos and back in the day like i would go to the store and like play this for like 10 15 minutes maybe a level or two of donkey kong am i thinking of donkey kong country was it in 3d like no it wasn't mo- in 3d it was a side okay. scroller yeah then you're thinking of donkey kong country okay Donkey Kong 64 was in the vein of Super Mario 64 and those where like it was the first 3D version of the Donkey Kong Country. Then I hadn't played it, yeah. Okay. Um, so if I say the term collectathon, do you does I that think mean like, anything? Ooh, shiny, to you? go around and collect items. Right. So Super Mario 64 is like the genesis of what people call collectathon games because you're going around and you're collecting the stars yeah. and. You know, you collect 100 coins to get a star. But and... that's like the plot of the game. Right. Yeah. But like the mechanic is like you're collecting things. So yeah. The... And Banjo-Kazooie is another one in that in that vein where it's like a open space with worlds that you can go into and there's different things to collect. Usually it's a, uh, you know, there's like jigsaw pieces. I think they're called jiggies in Banjo-Kazooie. Um, but you can also collect the little, God, what, I don't remember what they're called, but they're like little tiny bears. They look almost like Care Bears, but oh. they have like long snouts. They're like Jujis or Jijus or... Okay. I don't know. Um, Jingos, maybe? I don't know. But like, you, so there's all sorts of different stuff to collect in mm-hmm. the games. Donkey Kong 64 took that to an extreme. So there were five different characters you could play as, and each one had their own set of everything to collect in each world. So you had to get 100 bananas in each world with all five. You had to collect their coins. You had to collect their puzzle pieces. You had to all the everything to beat the game or to like to to get get the 100, 101%. So you had to beat the game like five times. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so it gets boring. Yeah, it, it was a big grind. It was like the peak of, oh shit, what have we done with mm-hmm. collectathons? And so H Bomber Guy decided he was going to do this. Like he was gonna buckle down okay. and uh it took him fifty-eight hours. Now I'm suddenly more impressed with it and slightly <laughs> like because I was like, oh, I would watch somebody play a video game and beat it for fifty-eight hours. Sure, it sounds interesting. I don't want to watch him play the same game five times, basically, and it takes him 58 hours. Yeah. But, like, wow. He got, like, stuck on a mini game for, like, an hour or something and eventually had to, like, call for help from speedrunners to get him through it. <laughs> like, it was... Anyway. I'd heard about this story. and Those are the things that actually amused me the most was, like, apparently a lot of interesting little things happened during his, like... Yeah. 
his Twitch stream, I think it was. Yeah, it was a Twitch stream. And so, like, that's what actually caught me. I heard about this only because, like, on Twitter, I follow, like, government politicians and such. And one of them is AOC um, representing Brooklyn. And she popped in, apparently, on this thing. Yeah, yeah. And she... had, like, a mini... It was... And it was weird because I get it from, like, I also follow conservative folks just to kind of keep an eye out on them. And they were also, like, commenting, like, oh, she's childish and she's trying to... But it was just... It was weird to like hear about this thing and then go, what is this? And then I find out about it and then you put a blog out on it. And yeah. That's where I learned more details. Yeah. It was very interesting. I only ended up catching the last part of the stream. I got to watch him beat it. So that oh. was cool. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wasn't there for like some of the big guest appearances, but people from Chapo Trap House, which is a, a liberal podcast, uh -huh. was on it. Uh, Chelsea Manning showed up. Yep um adam conover from adam ruins everything mm -hmm. uh you mentioned aoc there was this bunch of other transgender like activists and stuff that came on a lot of just a lot of random people just kept showing up in his discord and like the mods were talking and having conversations while he was trying to beat donkey kong 64 it was very interesting and it was real cool how it kind of took off because it. I think his original goal was thirty thousand to mm -hmm. at, for a charity, and they ended up. Last I checked, they were at three hundred and forty-five thousand dollars total raised for this charity, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, he also kept the stream up for after he had finally beaten it he left it up in case people wanted to continue. Because people donating. were finding out about it after the fact and everything. It felt like. So as a kid, I used to watch like the Jerry Lee Lewis telethons and stuff. Or Jerry Lee Lewis or Jerry Lewis? Jerry Lewis, Jerry I Lewis. think. I don't yeah. think it was. Yeah, Great no. bowls of fire. Please yes. donate. But like the old school telethon, telethons where they would bring on variety acts and stuff like that. This was sort of like a feeling of yeah, like. Yeah, a little bit. It like kind this of... is the modern age of like people popping. Oh, it's a politician. Oh, it's a comedian. Oh, it's these guys riffing and stuff. It was cool to read about that. And it kind of made me go like maybe there's hope for society. Yeah, I I agree. I um I really enjoyed learning about this because it was a positive thing in gaming. You don't get those very often. Like a W. This was a win. Yeah, this was a total win. It was everyone came together. There wasn't shit talking. There wasn't like it does that people didn't look up and suddenly find out that H bomber guy is is a Nazi and you know, it was just it was really cool. It was the gaming community coming together for like a, a a good cause. And it was inclusive as well, which is something like I said, like, I feel like the gaming community is kind of off-putting at times. But this right. one was like, I want to be a part of this kind of a society. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I'm hoping this is a like the turnaround. Like 2019, <laughs> we start off with Donkey Kong 64 for transgender rights and... <laughs> We're moving forward. We're going to be positive gaming. This is our hooga. You are ever the optimist. Yeah, I, I you know what? I, I'm sticking to it. I want it to want it to be true. I want I want to believe. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being hopeful. OK. Like, the world tries to beat you down and make you a pessimist. And especially with social media and everything, there's so much crap out there that it's easy to see all the bad stuff and none of the good stuff but this was this was a win this was good maybe we'll have one win a month at least or try to highlight a win this was a good pure win yeah 
I'm cynical enough to go, we won't have 12 of them. Okay. Oh, you know what? Fine. We're going to put this down. In December, we're going to count them up, see how many wins there were. Harvey Z versus (laughs) T-Man. Is this an optimistic year or is this a terrible year? You know what? I think we're going to find out in two weeks. Because in two weeks, we get to find out whether we're under the, the... the terrible Patriots for another year, or if the uh, the Rams destroy the dynasty once and for all. A sports ball segue. Pretty yeah, good. that was actually a segue. pretty good segue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll take it because I fucking hate the Patriots. Yeah, me too. We're we're eye to eye on this one. Yeah, I'm, I don't care so much about like the Rams, but for me, it's basically anybody that's not the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Did you watch any of or pay attention to any I've of the football this the past news weekend? On the games and such. But. All right. So it's, this since this is a gaming podcast, I won't go into it too much. But the referees were shit in both games. Like it was just awful all around. Like there was bad calls for the Chiefs. There was bad calls for the Patriots. There was bad calls for the Rams. There well, was bad there calls bad for calls the Saints. Everywhere. Then but, I view that as like that's just a. But the, what I'm saying is they need better refs. Like the officiating in the NFL is terrible. Mm. Like they just need to like fire everyone and just start over from scratch. I don't care how much experience they have. Like the did you see the the Rams just like the close lining the wide receiver and no pass interference call? I did see that one. Yeah, that was a pretty. That's when I was like, all right, because usually it's like, oh, it's the team that lost is complete. I was like, okay, fair, fair enough. I I have no investment in either of these teams. That was pretty rough. Yeah, that one was bad. And then there was one where the chief guy kind of like tapped Tom Brady on the shoulder and they called roughing the passer on it. I hate Tom Brady. That's (laughs) that's why I hate Tom Brady. I just attribute these things to like, it's Tom Brady. Yeah, like the the golden goose, as it were, like, oh, no, the guy accidentally (laughs) rubbed his arm on Tom Brady. How dare he? Yeah, exactly. Don't touch the king. Uh, I've kind of already kind of blurted out from, well, no, last year, I don't think, was I even here? No, I wasn't here. Who won the Super Bowl last year? Uh, the Eagles beat the Patriots. Yay. Because <laughs> I knew the Patriots were involved and I've just been like, are we still under actually the Patriots reign? No, no. The Patriots won two years ago. Then Eagles beat them last year. Now crossing my fingers, the Rams beat them this year. I'm... I'm a cynical dude again, actually, on this one. I actually do think the Patriots will win. It's their year. It's the symmetry of the Patriots dynasty started by taking out the Rams in 2001. Ah. And then this is going to be the end. The Rams are going to come back full circle because now, because at the time, the Patriots were the underdogs and the Mm -hmm. Rams were the favorites because they were under Kurt Warner. That's true. And they were like, the Rams were starting to build their own dynasty. Greatest show on turf, I think it was Yeah, greatest show on turf. And so they were the underdogs and they came in and surprised everyone. It was the start of Tom Brady and blah, blah, blah. And so now it's full circle. It's like, oh, well, everyone's saying the Patriots got this, you know, Tom Brady is the GOAT. And, yeah. But like the Rams have had some of the best offense this year. They're, they're not bad. No. They're a pretty good team. And Sean McVay, the coach, plays a slightly differently than other coaches. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, See, that's the hook that just got me in. It's like, what do they have? To, oh, the coach does something slightly like if I'm picturing a movie storyline in my head, I'm like, oh. Sean McVay has a very aggressive offense that isn't like isn't normal for other teams. OK, so 
it'll be very interesting to see how that goes. Because... It almost sounds like two high offense teams because oh, it's the Patriots well, the, are just Belichick. all four teams in the finals, like Chiefs, Patriots, Saints, Rams. They were all high offense teams. Like the Chiefs, I believe it was the Chiefs Rams game that was like fifty four to fifty one. Yeah, uh, and the Chiefs the first Chiefs Patriots game was like forty five to forty two, and this one went to like thirty eight thirty one or something. So like it's gonna be a good game. Like I I will f fully admit that these two fighting each other is gonna be a good game. Okay. I still just want the Patriots to lose. I mean, I want them to lose too, but I'm just like Belichick has like this godlike aura. I'm not going to go as so far as to say, like, it's going to be the refs that settle this game or such. It will be. But I'm just like, I hate Brady. Belichick, I begrudgingly respect him, but he's not. I mean, yeah, the guy is good at what he does, unfortunately. Yeah. I just don't like the dynastiness of the. Patriots. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of the Patriots. I just it's been two decades. Like, this yeah. has been even longer than the fucking Yankees. Like, I am just tired I want new teams to be in the Super Bowl. Like, I was so excited. A Chiefs-Rams Super Bowl would have been so great. Or Chiefs Saints. Yeah, like, I'm still, I'm loyal to my team, at least. Ravens all the way. I hate the Ravens. <laughs> this is, that's, that's a sticking point between the two of us. We're yes. never going to agree on that one. I will um, always root for the Ravens. And once the Ravens were out, then it was, okay, not the Patriots, basically. <laughs> and they kept advancing. So now it's not the Patriots in the Super Bowl, which is, ugh. Well, I'm hoping that my Jaguars will get a good quarterback this year. Maybe. Don't they have like Bortles? Yeah, that, like His I said. His name just, <laughs> I can't go with like Joe Flacco is Joe Cool. Bortles just sounds like a misshapen Pokemon. <laughs> Bortle, Bortle. <laughs> oh, God. How can you win with that? Yeah, you can't. That's why we need a new quarterback. <sighs> okay. Um... On the topic of sports ball, sports ball. When I sent you a game, I think it was during the Steam Winter Sale, so it was close to a month ago at this point. Maybe. Um. So it's been a while since I played it, but I sent you a game called Frozen Cortex, and I think you had mentioned it last week, which is why I was like, "Oh, I should get on that." Yeah, yeah, I did mention it. Um, I don't think I named it though. I just said I sent you a game. Have you played it yet? Uh, I have. So you have played it now. Um, but for a little background. Uh, the company that made this, made Frozen Cortex, also made Frozen Synapse. Oh. And Frozen Synapse is a strategy shooter game where you have like a squad and you have to plan out your moves and where you're shooting and what you're targeting. Uh, and then when you act, the enemies move at the same time as you. So you have to kind of predict where they're going to go. Is it like a board, like a tactical layout kind of thing yeah it looks it looks very similar to the way frozen cortex looks just with guns that seems not far more interesting but that seems very interesting to me because yeah. i didn't know what to expect with frozen cortex and i was thinking oh i saw it was like oh some sort of strategy game or such so i was expecting maybe a game like frozen synapse where it was going to be like a plot hook and like a tactical rpg or something like that and then it was a sports game and i was like oh yeah okay uh, i'll play it but what yeah, and I don't know. I It's interesting to me. So Frozen Cortex, it's like similar to football, but not exactly the same. It's kind of its own game. It felt like rugby to me. A little bit more like rugby. Uh, With robots, which is what the hook was for me. I was like, <laughs> all right, I'll buy into it. There's robots doing rugby. Yeah, and like it works the same as Synapse where 
like both teams choose what they're going to do at the same time. And then like it plays through until you get to a certain point, like somebody catches the ball or picks up the ball or intercepts or something. And Mm -hmm. then you get to plan out your next move. And if someone runs all the way through and doesn't get touched and gets to the end zone, they score a point and or seven points i think i don't remember seven points and then there's little markers on the field that you can run over to get two points as well yeah Um, you always have to advance the ball forward so you can never run backwards or throw backwards and it's i think five robots on each side so it's five v five and there's also like these little crates and buildings and things in the way way on the map yeah so it was i it jumped out to me and it was i think it was only like three bucks and i'm like you know what we should play a game of this so we haven't actually played a game against each other yet um, but I'm curious what your experience with it is. So full disclosure, as I like tactical games and I consider myself somewhat of an old school gamer, I got this game and I was like, oh, sports game, tactical, sounds great, sounds interesting. I like Blood Bowl. It seemed like Blood Bowl-ish, just a lot quicker and easier yeah, to not, through. It, Blood Bowl, I think, is more turn-based, even though yeah. there's a countdown timer. But it's it's, it's not more the thoughtful. simultaneous term. Yeah. It's I go, you go, I go, you go, kind of tactics in that way. This one, I was like, okay, I'm willing to play this and everything. The humor in the game is great. Like, I love the sports casters and the announcers and all yeah, that. Yeah, the casters are great. Yeah, and, like, the customization of the teams and stuff was fun. I suck at this game. So I, <laughs> I played the tutorial, and I lost the tutorial. And then I tried playing the tutorial again, and I lost it again. Then I was like, I'll just play some easy matches, because they had, like, set up solo easy matches. I'm 0-5 so far, including <laughs> going back to the tutorial and losing the tutorial. So I so did you, the tutorial is the one where it like shows you the enemy moves, right? So I don't do that, but yes, okay. but like in the tutorial you do that. Yeah, half of the tutorial is basically like clicking through and it shows you how to do stuff, and then it's like you try now, and then it's like when you push this, we will even tell you what the enemy is doing. Right, but you have to push the button to do it. And I was like, the first time I was like, I don't need that shit. I'll just play it like real. And then I lost. And then I was like, okay. The second time I'll watch what they do. Still lost. Okay, see, I at least won using that. Like, I haven't played any actual games. I wanted to, like, have, like, our first game be kind of a, a beginner's game where we don't really know what we're doing. So I didn't want to oh, get I'm, too much I'm, into I'm it. I'm fine with that at this point. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. But, so I would lose. And, like, it was really humiliating in a way to lose, like, the easy matches and the tutorials of all things. But I would lose in, like... So the first time I lost, I didn't know there were enough turns. So, like, the game ends after, like, seven or eight turns. So I was playing a uh... slow strategy. And then, like, oh, they scored. And I was like, I'll make a comeback. And it was like, you have two turns left. And the announcers are like, he's fucked. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. I did not know that. I will prepare for that next time. And then the next time, like, it, I scored. And I was like, I got this. And then, like, the opponent, though, just outscored me by easily scoring. So here was the thing that I'm not good at is this requires some knowledge of, so tactical games, setting up a team, having your shooters, your grenadiers, your, like, your military guys. I get that. And that's what I've played. Like, okay, I got my sword fighters. I've got my mages. I've got this. These are all, like, football, like, rugby dudes. Some of them are big. Some of them are small. I actually almost never use the stats buttons because, again, these are all just faceless minions to me. Yeah, knowing the stats and knowing, like, if you're going to get taken out by a guy or... Because they have different speeds and different, like, tackle radiuses and stuff. But I'm like, the big dudes tackle better. The little dudes are faster. I got it. I don't need to know they're individual, but they have, like, six to eight stats. I don't read that shit. (laughs) I ain't got time for that. The other thing is how much planning can one do? So I don't sit there and, like, 
repeatedly, I will, once I started losing, push play, it'll let you simulate and see what'll happen. However, those simulations will guess what the computer does. In the real modes and the easy modes and stuff, they don't always do they that. They don't do that. And then they end up like punching my guy in the face. And I was like, but they didn't plan to do that. And I almost <laughs> feel like, oh, they're watching me. And now that they know, they're going to do it like now that they know what I'm doing because they're always so damn good at predicting what I'm going to do. The other part is this is a sports game. So like the first couple matches were literally like all my guys run up to the one guy to try to tackle him. He just throws the ball to an open guy and the open guy just runs across the field and scores because none of my guys can reach him. And I was like, all right, don't have everybody rush the guy. We'll have zone defense then. Once I started doing that, they still beat me. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm i not good enough to think about like this. In a, I want to have like two, three. I like blitzing. So two, three guys rush the first guy. It's also hard to figure out how tackling works because their mechanic is interesting. Yeah, like, so in terms of tackling, if you're motionless and a guy runs into you... You kick him. Yeah, you, you just him knock face. him down. Yeah. So, like, to tackle, your guy has to be not moving. It's kind of like a lot of picks. Yeah. So you just have to guess where they're going to go and have your guys stop right in their path. And if you do, that's blocking. The problem is, so I was like, the guy holding the ball, maybe he should just not move so he can, like, because all these guys are running at him. The problem is you have to move like five clicks or five spaces at least. So your guy who has the ball cannot stand still. I discovered this because I tried to stand still. I tried to run in a circle and then they all just punched me in the face and took the ball. <laughs> and it was just like, these are just failures after failures. Then it was like, did you oh, try passing at all? Oh, I passed all the time then. Cause I was like, maybe because I'm standing still and then I'll pass. He still counts as standing. It doesn't quite work. And if they run too slowly to you and you pass, then you can put up a block. But it doesn't really still help. I would catch it most of the time. I was actually pretty good at intercepting and catching passes. But I was just terrible at, like, strategy. Like, there was one where I was like, I got the lead. There's no way I can blow this. I've won. It's, like, seven to, like, no, He I had, like, nine points and he had seven points. And I was like, I've got the zone defense. There's no way he can get this. And then I didn't rush him this time. So he just ran over the little two-pointers, ran over two of them, got four points, and then beat me. That was in the last turn, and it was so close. And <laughs> I was so pissed slash disappointed because that was the closest I got. Then I played the tutorial in my fifth match and then lost again. <laughs> and after that, I was like, I'm putting this away. Like, Yeah, I think we need to play a game against each other. Because like, the, the nice thing about it is because it's turn-based and like tactical, mm -hmm. we can start a game and then just kind of play it whenever we feel like it. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to like both be at the computer and... Like it plays kind of like uh, something like Star Realms or uh -huh. one of those app games where like you take your turn and then. Because I just don't have the patience, I think, to keep like planning it out. I'm just like, I want to run this way. Everybody runs this way. This is the strategy. So this Play. is on you. This isn't on the game. Part of it is like, I, I don't know how long I'm supposed to take on these things, but I take like 30 seconds to 60 seconds a turn. I think. I think I took a little longer than that planning out my stuff. I just basically played it, make sure nobody got like blatantly intercepted, blatantly like ran into a dude. And I was like, that sounds about right. Play. And then the computer would just run into me instead of the, I was like, but I dodged and that's, yeah, he doesn't do what he says. So what did. you're saying is you're not Belichick. You can't see three moves not ahead. Not yet. Right, well, that, that's what we're going to do. We're going to turn you into Belichick. Wait, no, I don't want to do that. I would, I'll take it. I'll take, <laughs> I'll take a Harbaugh. Uh, mm. I know you like the Ravens, but that's not a good defense. 
Yeah, that, that's no. why it's that's my problem right now. It's just pure defense. I suck at like defending and like they just keep scoring on me and I just keep losing. I can score like once in a while now and I've gotten pretty good at that sort of thing. On easy mode in the tutorial, I can score like at least once now. <laughs> but I they just beat me on strategy every other time. Yeah. You're welcome to play against me, but again, I, I feel I like I do want to start a, a game against you. I'm Harvey Z, and if anyone out there wants to come at me, Come at me, bros and lady bros and all you other people. Harvey Z is where it's at on Frozen okay. Cortex. Frozen Cortex. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll start up a game with you tonight. We'll see how it okay. goes. So, yeah, so that's a game we'll try. We might report back to you. Have you have you um had any chance to play XCOM or anything? No. So I've been that's why I've been really busy with like not gaming. And again, looking at things like corporate stuff uh-huh. and like real life. But like. That's why I was like, oh, you reminded me. And I was like, yeah, I had a pretty crappy, like, 2018 list of games, like, with just playing... So, actually, that's the one thing. I've been playing a lot of Civilization. Ah. So, we've been playing Civilization. We actually... We got to play a game. We uh, actually talked Slim into playing a game of Civ Five. So, he has played a Civilization that is not Civ Three. Yeah, I listened Mm -hmm. to that episode. It was an amusing episode (laughs) because I knew Slim's five games, basically. Yeah. (laughs) And so him playing Civilization, it was fun. I hope yeah. we get to do that again. Yeah, I think that would be good. I I enjoyed it. We we all played as like a team, so we <laughs> played one team versus computers because Slim had never done Civ Five before, and he wanted to have sort of questions <laughs> and in as and, opposed to like we just run up and beat the shit out of him early on. Well, yeah, and he also he would probably spend like an hour reading <laughs> every single rule before he made his first turn. So here he could just ask us. And I do like Civ's simultaneous turn thing. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about it, but I like it a lot. I think it works well. Because I have played Civ multiplayer with like friends and family otherwise. And so I knew going in what it was going to be like. Slim was still very like, oh, is it hot seat? Is it? But like, I like the way they do it. Yeah. The the way that the simultaneous turns work. But like, if you're at war, I like the simultaneous unless you're at war and then you like go in order. Then it goes turn based. Yeah. Yeah. And Civ 6, so I went back and played Civ 6 because I've been playing Civ 6 multiplayer with, like, folks. So cause Slim was asking, what's the difference? 6 seems to be appealing more towards a general audience. It makes a lot of things easier and smoother and not as micromanagey. Oh, interesting. I mean, there is... That actually sounds really good for me. I hate micromanagement. So I, it's less micromanagement. There's more obvious goals for you to do. One of the things that they do is they create Eurekas. Eurekas are basically, do you know the concept? I know what Eureka, Eureka is. is. Um, so basically your it's science. It's a city in Oregon, I think. Oh, that one. And a TV show. Yeah, the TV show. Okay, I, I love that real, show. Is I it a real city too? No, it's not a real city. Okay. I was like, I know a castle in Eureka. <laughs> but the uh, they took the science, like, uh, whatchamacallit, the science track and there's a civil, the culture track. So uh-huh. now here's the thing. I've forgotten in five because it just blurs over. In five, you had like different diplomacy. Like what? How did culture advance? Well, so there was it culture wasn't a tech tree. and there was tourism. Okay. So in here, there's an actual tech tree for culture. Ah. And so culture, the way it's set up is you can have your governments, the num- the government you choose, like republic or democracy, chooses how many cards you can have in play military economic and wild card and diplomacy interesting so like but the thing you do is you research culture to gain new cards 
from the very beginning. And as you get through ages and stuff, they replace old cards and stuff. But when you get to like the modern era, you have like 20 cards to choose from and you can customize like a Republic is going to have a balance, less military heavy versus an autocracy might have three military slots for you. Wonder sometimes in the later ages will give you an economic slot. So that's a whole thing. There's one like trade where trade routes give you plus two coins in all your trades. And you can slot that in. There's one where builders cost 50% less. You can slot that in, build a bunch of builders, and then slot it out once you build a new like tech thing. You don't have to change governments for it. Interesting. And so the, there's culture things in there. So there's a whole culture tech that you have to go down and such to get them. And they unlock wonders and things. The science still is similar to the science ones as well. I haven't played all the way through right now. I'm in the modern age. And so I'm getting to where there's more spaceship building parts and stuff. There's like colonize and you have to build a Mars colony and stuff like that. But it's that same basic wind condition. What they added, though, was Eureka moments. Eureka moments, most cultures will get a 25% boost to their science, like whatever they're researching or whatever the technology is, if they fulfill a specific criteria for it. Uh. So like one in early game, it's like, to get like, I can't remember which order it is, but there's one that simply kill somebody, kill three people with an archer. If you do that, you can advance the next archer technology. You'll get a boost to it automatically and it adds 25%. If you're, I think, the Koreans, they get a 33% increase. Ooh. So like there's tons of shit where early on, if you're just exploring and doing stuff, you find a wonder. Your science and technology will like increase like by little bits and pieces just by doing random shit. But like huh. if you're really pushing for something like, oh, boats and stuff, it's like kill something with a galley, kill something with this, and you can work towards it, or you can just forget about it. In a group map, which is nice, if your friend does it, you get that little culture boost thing too, or that science boost, the eureka moments. Huh. And there's wonders that are like, oh, or great scientists, if you use them up, they'll be like, gives you three modern era, like eurekas and so in the mid game or in the medieval age you'll unlock like computers when you get to it it'll be cheaper for you or something oh, that's pretty interesting i like that sort of concept of having yeah. like small goals because it's get. like oh i don't know what because that was the problem with like you were saying oh you don't know what quite you want to go or do or such if you pick like a science thing you can pick like oh well these three miniature goals i have i need to build a wall or i need to build three farms that are next to each other or something will give you a little bit of a boost hmm I like that. Civ Six is actually on sale on Switch right now, so I'm tempted to get it. You mentioned the Switch versus, so I didn't really like, and it's the exact same dilemma you mentioned, which was Civ Six. The base game is eh. Once I got the expansion, it's so much better. Like I actually played God the expansion. Dang it! Because the expansion introduces like the governors and stuff like that. Governors are basically they're. They're governors of a city, and they add. There's six governors based on each criteria. There's a science one, a culture governor, a tourism governor, a religious governor, a military governor, and you put them into a city, and they give that city specific bonuses and based on. Again, with the culture, you can promote governors to get. There's a little governor tech tree. Huh. It sounds complicated, but it's actually pretty intuitive and easy. I don't tend to have all six governors. I tend to build like. I like large empires, but I have like four governors that I heavily promote to like their maximum stats and stuff. Cool. But it is an interesting like, because I was like, oh, we played Civ 5 and Civ 5 is really micromanagey at times. Civ 6 kind of smooths it out for you. And it's more an appeal. Like I know a lot of people complained when it came out for the art style. I was neutral on the art style. It's a lot more. I don't really care. Like yeah. art style for me is eh, whatever. Like Civ 5 was like real. Not 
hyper realistic, but it was it was what it is. Civ Five was like, and they went more cartoony ish. They sort of went more cartoony. There's a fog of war, looks like a cartographer's map and stuff, and uh, as you uncover it, and it's like a, not fully cartoon, but like the governors look cartoonish as opposed to hyper realistic. Mm-hmm. Same with like the the bad, not the bad guys, but the, the the nations themselves. But like the problem I had was the base game. I none of the nations appealed to me. Soup. But once the expansion came out, there were two or three nations that I was like, oh, I would play with these guys all the time. Gotcha. So that's why I would recommend get the expansion so version. So what, what I'm thinking I might do is get the Switch version. Because I, I like the idea of having it mobile. Uh-huh. But like, I'm not ever going to do multiplayer on Switch Okay. Uh, with the Civ. Because... I don't have Switch online. I don't really plan. I was gonna on wonder, like, could we it? play if you had it on the Switch? And I have no. I don't. I don't think so. But what I will, what I'll probably end up doing is Civ Six is going to be on sale for cheap at some it, point on once Steam. they release. Like they're already coming yeah, out. With there's another a second expansion, expansion yeah. coming out in February, I believe. Yep. And so eventually, there's going to be a sale where I'll be able to get like all the Civ Six stuff. <laughs> and so if I play just the base game on Switch, then when ever i get everything on civ 6 it'll be like an upgrade and it'll feel like i'm not just buying the same game twice it's a new game yeah yeah so that's what i think i've decided i'm going to do the one advice that i would give you is look at the base uh civilizations and see if you like them i mean i've never had like unless you're one of those like we just put me in boss and i'll play yeah i've never had like a favorite civilization or anything Uh i could not tell you what any of the bonuses were i just wing it Okay. Uh, I'm good with whatever. I, yeah, I, I've, it's not like Super Smash Brothers or something where I have mm-hmm. my main guys. Like, okay. I just play Civilization for fun. Okay. It's a, you know. And as always, they've improved the AI. There's a lot of fun personality things that they do. So, does Gandhi still nuke you? Because that's the only important thing. I believe he does. The nice thing is with the expansion, there's a second India country. Oh, so cool. there's an actual like semi-military. Not just Gandhi anymore. Yeah, Gandhi is still like religious victory and such. The mm-hmm. new India guy is large populations, but militaristic as well. Um, they have more justifications for wars, so you don't have to just declare war and get a huge penalty. You can declare a religious war or like a colonies war or like a defending act because you were attacked <laughs> a couple years ago or in the game. And so those will reduce the penalties for war. Cool. And, like some nations are better at that sort of thing. Like the India one will free colonies. And it's oh, okay nice. for him to get into that, the militaristic one. Gandhi is still not so much. Uh, for those of you who, I'm sure most people who listen to this know, but the lore behind it, I think, was it in the original or was it in Civ 2? I don't, I want to say, I don't know, actually. I want to say it's Civ 2, though. Like, it wasn't but the original. One, so w- either the first one or second Civ, uh, Gandhi, what happened... Peaceful guy. Yeah, he was peaceful guy. But what happened was the counter for peace or whatever set was set to zero Mm -hmm. like and so if you ever did anything to make him mad like they they messed up and it would go negative and reverse back around to make him the angriest person possible i think it wasn't just peace it was on their their feelings towards nuclear weapons Uh uh-huh was like super everything was was very zero and so as soon if you antagonized him at all it flipped around and he just became the worst warmonger in existence. He and would just, nuke the shit out of you. Yeah, exactly. He was super pro nukes. And so, like, so. it was, it became sort of like an in game hilarious thing that they, even though they have the technology now to like, 
fix it in later they games. They still keep that just for the hilarity's sake. Gandhi and I is love peaceful. That. All his bonuses are peaceful stuff, but he will nuke the shit out of you. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, why not? Yeah, it's just one of those fun things that developers like. I love that when developers kind of lean into something mm-hmm. as opposed to Xing out and be like, no, 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 uh, that's we, not we a thing. We want to fix that and stuff. And it was like, ah, this is. This is amusing because no one would expect it, and it's it's such. No a... one expects the Gandhi nukes. Yes, don't piss off Gandhi in the late game, <laughs> and especially because the whole thing is designed to be peaceful. Like you don't want to, but yeah. So what they did in here was each country has a personality, and then there's a hidden personality as well. So like personalities are like oh like Elizabeth wants to expand to different continents. She will seek out other continents. Rome wants to expand the empire as much as possible. If you're doing the same thing, they like you. If you don't, they then think of you as weaker inferior. Huh. But then they have secret personalities that you don't know unless you get like the highest tiers of like spy or diplomacy levels, and then you can uncover and figure out like what's his hidden random one. What they're actually after. Yes. So I huh. like that, like, that was the thing that changed from, like, uh, Slim was asking Civ 3 and Civ 4 and 5 and 6. The AI has gotten smarter and better each time. That's cool. I like that. Seems like a neat, neat addition. And... Yeah. There's no Venice. But... <laughs> they might add it later. Venice is just for those. In Civ 5, it was just, you play Venice completely different from every other civilization. It was just weird and an oddball enough thing that that's it amused me greatly in civilization you normally build cities you spread your empire and such venice doesn't do that venice just stays its one city and you have to figure out how to do it through diplomacy and trade yeah everything is it's the merchant of venice Mm -hmm. so you get like extra special things to trade and you can take over city states like you just buy them out basically and And they become your cities yeah so that's the only way you can get cities you can't ever like go to war I think you can go to war. People can declare war on you and stuff, but then all the city-states get super pissed off and will help you and send you <laughs> troops and stuff. Yeah. Again, just it's a weird way to play, and it was weird enough that it was fun getting used to like, oh, civilization starts to get a little rote, a little bit boring. No, Venice was just my favorite thing to do randomly. Yeah, I, I like it when they give those sort of like twists. Like mm-hmm. too many of them would make it really weird because you'd have to relearn everything every time you tried a different civilization. But to have a couple like that is pretty cool, and I think adds variety to an otherwise game that you could get tired of if you yeah. knew it up and down because like you i don't always play venice but when i do <laughs> it's mostly single player and by myself because <laughs> everybody else would be fed up with that guy because what ends up happening is aren't you, you playing venice in our co-op game no i, I i'm oh, not okay. going to be that guy because right. what happens is if you play venice in the late game when you get to the un the city states get votes but venice can simply buy them out <laughs> and so the votes all decrease and it just becomes venice and so yeah it really pisses off like the nations that want city states. Yeah, I really want to go play Civ now for like hours and hours and hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of hours and hours and hours, we also played a board game. We don't normally talk about board games on here, oh. but I figured we would talk about that because it's it's similar in like Civ strategy esque. It's that four X kind the of four X strategy. Uh, it was a game called Scythe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a Kickstarter game that came out, I think. It won a bunch of awards in 2016, and there's been a couple expansions. The thing I wanted to mention uh, before we get into it is I discovered there is an expansion that allows for like a legacy-type play. Oh, God. Where it, where it, un- But unlike like Pandemic Legacy or 
risk or whatever where you can play it one time and then you're done mm -hmm. like it's like eight campaigns and then you can reset it and start it over from the beginning I mean, I think that's what the pandemic le legacies and stuff are. You play the game like 12 times or so. And then, but then that's it. Like you can't redo it. Like, oh, because there's secret pieces and stuff yeah, like that. So the like, surprises are all gone. I mean, you could, but it, yeah, I get yeah, what you're but saying. But the way the scythe is, they said it's not legacy because you can replay it. Uh -huh. So that kind of intrigues me. If you, if you and Slim and Professor Q would be interested in that, that might be something to look into. That would be kind of fun for me. So this is something where... With this game in particular, because I think I had this conversation with Professor Q, um, this is a game that I enjoyed playing, but this is a game where I know that it does not suit my strengths, and it's not a game that I can easily win. But for me, like gaming isn't necessarily about playing a game to win a game. It's that social environment to right. have fun and play. The camaraderie. Like, yeah, like this is a fun game to play. I would certainly play it. I can almost outright bet you that in that legacy mode i will not win well you don't know what the legacy stuff does maybe the underdog gives you which advantages. is why i'm going to say right now even with that <laughs> i don't think i'll win but would you be interested oh totally okay the game was fun enough to play and it wasn't an aggressive enough where i didn't like i felt like oh this game isn't enjoyable but it's one where like Catan is one where i feel like i'm pretty good at Catan, but i'm not like a, a great Catan player. Could but you I imagine feel, a Catan legacy where it was like multiple? Of I would love to play or with the expansion packs and such. Yeah. Oh, there's a pollution one in Catan. <laughs> I don't know if you ever got to see that one. Where I haven't seen, I think I did the Catan Seafarers one. Seafarers? I think that's the only expansion oh, I've ever played Cities with. and Knights is my favorite expansion, actually. I don't, I, I may have seen it played, but I don't know. It's very dickish and like see, a, like, it's, there is an outright function where literally it is just dickery. And like, <laughs> if you invest in it, you can tell because he's building up the resources that lead to dicking. And you know that one player is just going to be an asshole. And you can try to counter him by the only way to counter it is to also Get be to an the asshole. dicking first. Yes. And so it's fun, but it is one of those games where if you don't like the hyper competitiveness and you like, oh, we're just trading for resources and we're all building really fast towards a goal, but it's not a, I'm going to dick you now, <laughs> then yeah, this is not the expansion for you. But this is one where if you don't mind that extra level of, okay, this guy's going to be the asshole. What The only way to do this is we have to escalate our assholery too, to be prepared for, if you're an asshole to me, then I'm an asshole to you. None of us should do this now. Okay. <laughs> we're just building up a nuclear arsenal basically. Yeah, I so like I fell away from Catan because I don't like it in four player mode. I always feel like if you it play is, with four players, one person is just screwed. going to have a terrible time. Yeah, that's true. And, yeah. and like the map isn't big enough. Unless three players really good works. at it. Yeah. Yeah. Three players works fine, but four players just the way the map is set up, at least one person is just not going to be able to build roads or mm -hmm. get expand or anything. Um so and, I haven't played Catan a lot because like, I never have three people to play with. It's either me and my girlfriend and we're trying to play a two-player game or there's, like, 12 people and we're, like, splitting up into three four-player games or, like, we've got five people and, like, end up pulling out Power Grid or something like that. Uh-huh. You know, I so, like, three, that magic number that doesn't happen a lot. For me, like, Catan, I used to think was, like, the gateway game of, like, because that was what it was for me was 
that was the game that got me into German board games, board games in general from like college onwards with Professor Q was the one who introduced me. I think that might have been it. Or I, I think my first big game uh, that I really got into was Dominion. Ah. You know, like I got like three or four expansions for that game. I was, I was, I was all in on Dominion. That was my first deck building game, I uh-huh. think, too. Um, of course, now I, I got sick of it because everyone wanted to play it. And then I, w- I was the only one that had it. So I would always end up playing it whenever I went anywhere. And so I wanted to play other games and eventually stopped. Because I want to play Dominion. I haven't played all the expansions and stuff, but I know how you feel on it. So I'm like, yeah. it's okay. And plus, it's again a game that I'm not great at. It's an optimizing type of game. Yeah. And I like just doing screwy stuff to see what happens. I'm an oosh, not an ooh shiny, but just a let's make something and see what happens. Like Magic the Gathering style, is it? Totally is it. <laughs> that just like, let's see what happens. It's either going to do awesome or fail spectacularly. I really want to try that. The D&D within the Ravnica world, like, I I would love to do something in that. Because, like, I love the Magic the Gathering world space, Mm -hmm. but I cannot get back into the game. Because, like, I know my tendencies. It's a money suck. It's a money sink. I would absolutely buy too many cards and, like, try to optimize my collection. I get way into it. I'm so torn with, like, I have, I've done that with, like, my family, actually, we play a lot. My sister and I, we've spent time. But, like, it's something we do now where if it's we're on vacation or so, just buy a dual deck and we just have two new decks and we just play each other then. We may then put it away and we forget about it kind of thing. And See, then we- I could do that I if I had that restraint. But, like, if I started getting into collection mode again... Like, it would I mean, be it's, bad. It's rough because, like, now we have, like, 12 dual decks. Yeah. We, it's just, like, <laughs> they keep accumulating, and it's just, like, ugh. I also really like some of the art, and so that would be the other thing. Like, I sometimes, like, so I, I think I've mentioned I play Ascension on my phone. Uh-huh. And some of the art on the cards in Ascension is just True. amazing. And, like, I want to get, like, prints or, like, of, of the cards or, like, the artwork in that i know at bookstores they do sell like art books of ravnica and like magic the gathering where it's like not i don't know what size but like big pieces where i was just like i there's no words in this why would i get it but it's all the artwork and stuff and some oh, of it's i, I like, love that stuff yeah. I'm, i might take a look at that or see if i can find something similar because like ravnica magic the gathering was nice but ravnica hooked me completely the the hook for ravnica is basically the creation of guilds which are two color sets that have personalities and such each of these have syndicates guilds like is it is a guild orzov syndicate like is it is red and blue orzov is black and white like there's See, you took is- my favorite too like i'm a red blue guy so because of magic the gathering well just like play like style when, or when like- i played magic i i was either red or blue or red blue like mix and i loved how they have personalities associated with like what type of deck a person chooses so like red is a highly offensive direct damage kind of thing cheap minions rush kind of deck while blue is a control deck usually as yeah. counter spells and lots of that stuff. so my my favorite thing to do and my favorite way to play magic is i like drawing making people draw their deck to death oh like, you're it's like that is a mill deck yeah i i so for people who haven't played magic the gathering which i, I don't know that is one of the most I, i'm amused as a kid i never understood this as an adult now playing magic the gathering 
hilarious to me. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, because it's so inevitable when you're playing. A, I mean, you have to. The, it, it puts a time cap on you. Yeah. Like, there's a... There's a couple ways to win at Magic Gathering. The first is each player has 20 health points. Mm -hmm. And so if your health goes down to zero, you lose. Um, and then there's some cards where it's like, if you do this and this and this, you win. Those were more in the older editions. They don't do it as much now. But they're still like one or two. But they're really like difficult usually yeah. get this deck like get this card and then somehow discard it and get it back or something right yeah, yeah they're usually difficult to do but there are some cards like that yeah. and then if you have to draw and can't draw any more cards you lose yes and so blue decks are primarily draw spells and counters and things like that uh Creatures are usually flying. There is some return a card to your hand. Yeah, return cards to your hand. Recur, and so they're the coolest mechanic for me is you build a deck around making your opponent draw too many cards, mm -hmm. and eventually, like I, I played like the I think it was. Uh, because there's a hand limit of seven cards. So yeah, there's a hand more, limit of seven. Suddenly those cards so go in the So if you use like a card where it's like pay X and one water and target player draws X cards and you like pump up your mana and make a player draw 30 cards, <laughs> they have to get rid of half their deck on their turn. Yeah. If they haven't already drawn everything in their deck. And, and so... And if you get the right combination going, you're just like continually drawing and putting stuff back into your deck and making your t opponent draw... And I I just like doing that. That's it's so this amuse so one of the people I watch online on like YouTube videos and stuff is a guy named Day Nine. Day Nine plays Hearthstone a lot. Hearthstone has this mechanic where there's a set number of cards in your deck. I want to say thirty cards or maybe forty. If you run out of cards, you get one damage. Then the next time you draw two damage and so forth. It's exponential. Exponential. He loves mill decks, and that's where I understood then watching this. Oh, this is why you mill and such. Magic, there's 60 cards. It's difficult to do. Day nine, I'll show you a video afterwards. Okay. He does this sort of thing. He loves mill decks just apparently in general. This is one. For me, Magic the Gathering, is it has a special card. Niv, Niv Mizzet, I think, or Niv Is It is one of the like legendary cards of the Is It Guild, red mm -hmm. and blue. His power is like, oh, anytime you draw a card, your opponent takes one damage. So for me, I was just be like, I just have to make them draw. 20 or less times, which is easy to do because one of his other powers is like, tap this, draw a card. Like, I think it's tap him, draw a card. And his passive ability is anytime somebody, you draw a card, he takes one damage. So you just constantly like poke at the opponent. And I like that pokiness, one damage, one damage, one damage. Yeah. Like red, red and blue are my favorite because I like just like the direct damage of like, nope, you're dead. Nope, you're dead. For me, I do like red and blue. Thematically, I like them as a style and everything. Secretly though, the one I want to play blue black blue for the control black for just the instant you're dead you're oh dead. oh yeah and then the blue no you can't do that. it's the ultimate dick control <laughs> move of like black is just simply gonna kill everything and then blue is simply no you still can't play it it is uh, like my so i i lean towards red blue but i also i would really expect like... you to be red green I, I like green would be my my other favorite. Green is big, powerful monsters. Less magic. I, no, I I don't I don't want that. I don't want like big monsters. I want just like I'm attacking you with thirty creatures. Oh, that's that's green and white <laughs> token decks as they're called, where this creature just makes more creatures, and then you have a yeah, bunch of one ones. Yeah, you got like a bunch of one ones, and there's just like thirty cards out, and they yeah. all get plus two, plus two, and trample, and then you just attack with all of them. And you're like, nah, you're dead. Yes, that's 
Selznia, the green and white guild. Yeah. That if so, if you're going to pick is it, I would probably go with that one. Okay. Is it can deal with it? Just mass damage spells is what you need. Red yeah. can counter. Black can also counter. Just everybody gets minus two, minus two. All everyone in my yeah. yeah, yeah, everyone on the board dies. But black has one of my favorite cards, which is simply it's called murder. <laughs> yeah, just, no, I know that card. It's just you kill somebody. It's you kill target creature. Murder. That's it. it <laughs> so the things like my sister and I would do is like we get all these cards. We would build theme decks like, oh, dragon decks or something. Not like how to win, but just fun ones. There was a dinosaur deck for a while because there was a period where dinosaurs were in the thing. We built a human deck. The human deck could only have non-magical practical items in it and magical spells that were practical. Like murder was totally in it. (laughs) And all the creatures were various humans that they could not shapeshift or have any magical abilities. They were just humans of various types. It That's kind of cool. It was a an amusing deck that rarely wins, but we would just be so happy playing it because it would just make make two villagers. They're one one villagers. Humans, you just have more and more humans in the deck. I I love magic cards. I love the creativity behind mm-hmm. like some of the abilities and everything. Like something I did a while back that just for my own benefit. There's a uh, a program that I downloaded. I don't remember what it's called, but it allows you to like create magic cards. Uh huh. And so I did magic cards for Dark Souls bosses. Oh, So I just, like, would take, like, art or, like, Mm -hmm. game pictures of different bosses from the Dark Souls series. And then I'd put them in and be like, okay, so what color would they be? What would their abilities be? I love doing stuff like that. That was fun for me is, like, thinking of, like, what colors, like, what personalities are people based on. Once That's why the guilds appealed to me so much. Uh, it was just like, oh, you're this style person or you're this. Oh, what what magic card to summon me? What would you need to summon? I would be like, oh, I'm water and like maybe some green or so. Like thinking about it in that way was fun. It, I don't know that anything came about of it as a kid, but it was like I didn't care about the art, but I cared about that. The mechanics, the the fun little things that you could do. Have you heard about the joke decks? Joke decks? So this I discovered more when I was in New Zealand because they recently released it. Every couple oh, of years, I want to ask you something. Go, go, ahead, go ahead. Every couple of years, Magic the Gathering will release what they call joke decks in the sense that these cards should not – they're not canon per se. Oh, yeah. I've, but they're I've, filled I've with got like some ridiculous items, abilities, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah just, I've seen those. You can play that deck with those sets of cards, but you don't want to mix them with your actual Oh, yeah, yeah. And some of them are like, shred this card up, and your opponent, like, th- one of them was you shred it up, throw it into the air, and all the pieces, wherever they land, whatever it touches, destroys. It gets yeah. destroyed. Yep. Yeah. Like, yeah. those sorts of things. I've seen those. I had some of those. I, I can't remember what they were called. It was like, un-something. Unglued, I think, yeah. was there, one there of was different sets, but one, one had them. recently come out last year. That's why ah, it just popped up. Gotcha. Yeah, I haven't played that. But you brought up New Zealand, so this isn't related to gaming or anything. But have you have you heard about the um, tourists that were terrorizing New Zealand? I heard a little bit. I didn't read in depth on it, but I heard about <laughs> the two the the British family. Yeah, it was this a... seemed very actually Kiwi slash New Zealand to me, <laughs> which was the entire country got pissed off at them. <laughs> yeah, it, like apparently, so it was like this family who 
I think what happened was they got into a fight and there was like a YouTube video because mm-hmm. like someone asked them, they like left beer bottles and yeah, a bunch of were, trash at New a New Zealand is really big on like protecting their environment and keeping things like do it yourself kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. And so like they left and like they asked nicely and like the kid was like got up in their face and wanted to fight them or something. Yeah. And so the video went viral and apparently like a bunch of other people in New Zealand were like, yeah, we remember this family. They did this. And so like the New Zealand post or whatever their main newspaper is put up like a timeline, just kind of tracing this family's yeah. activities going across New Zealand. And it was just, I, I, I saw that and I immediately thought about you. I was like, this sounds it was terrible. It was very Kiwi esque, which is like the entire country banded together. I was like, Hey, piss off <laughs> because it yeah. wouldn't be anything where they would say it. It was just, but at the same time, we will publicly shame you. Yeah. And that's about it. We will publicly... I don't well, know... Like they, they tried to get him deported, too, right? <laughs> like, they were going to deport him out of there. Oh, it oh was... New Zealanders. <laughs> I love my Kiwis. Okay. Well, on that note, uh, I feel like we've hit a bunch of good topics today. This was a good... This was an interesting... We didn't plan it out, but we hit, like... Board games, card games, computer games. We did a, and even sports ball, real games. Yeah, we went, we went all sorts of gaming. We're really making us gamers right now. It sure. wasn't just video games. It was all kinds of games. We're inclusive. Ken? Okay, uh, let's not get all touchy-feely. Yeah, like, <laughs> all right. But at the same time, I'm like, is that gaming? Like yeah. being a fan of sports? Well. Like football mm, and such? I mean. We're the, the Patriots. We're the the ravens we are do we get to share in the ups and downs we are dallas fuel or dallas whoever i mean it, esports is considered gaming right like yeah. watching overwatch league and stuff but is that their gaming or we are gaming too because we watch it are we as observers when we're on a twitch stream are we all gamers or is it just we're watching it no gamer? we're viewers like i mean we're not game. We're in the same sense that people who watch football at home are, are like fans. football fans. Okay, we're fanatics. We're fans. Yeah, yeah, we're fans. We're, we're not gaming like, fans then. Yeah, but I mean, we play board games and card games and stuff, so that is considered gaming. And gaming feels very accessible in that way. Yeah, like I don't think I can run out and like join the Ravens or the Redskins or such and like score touchdowns and stuff. But I feel like I can. Get, well. I can play games, but I can't play for like the what are the what's the team called actually the DC one the Liberty Washington Justice the Justice mm. a taste of justice yeah only a couple weeks until Overwatch League starts February fourteenth Valentine's Day is the the opening day I don't know why they did that. nobody has anything better to do yeah on that they, day. I guess they figure anyone who is going to watch Overwatch League isn't going to have anything to do on Valentine's Day. Okay. Yeah, that that's pretty dumb on their part, but... Yeah, um, I mean, it's just setting themselves up for jokes, basically, but mm-hmm. yeah. The, but yeah, February 14th, Overwatch League Season 2, we'll finally get to see. Apparently, this week is the official like start date where like teams are getting together and all the plans and jersey releases and things ah. like that are going to be happening and... Uh, but the, the they're gonna start scrims and things like that. Okay. Uh, but the actual first public match is not until February fourteenth. I feel like the justice need to have where they all come out as either soldier seventy sixes or all come out as McCrees in like their red, white, and blue. <laughs> it seems very American. So just uh, just so we don't get our hopes up here, 
Uh, I looked at a preseason power ranking of all the teams, and Justice is ranked dead last. More than the team that didn't win last year? Well, because they they completely reinvented themselves. I think they kept, like, three people from their old team. Aww. So, <laughs> like... So those guys will probably win a match this year. Yeah, and I was, I was and one of the ones that cut got cut is now on the Justice. Only one. I mean, it took a full team to suck. It could have been <laughs> the good one. We got the good oh, one. Yeah, I know, I know. But... Like, apparently, don't get your hopes we're, up on We're going to win a game. As long as we win a game, we're better than that team. Again, be careful. You don't feel like we're going to win a game? I mean, I don't know anything yet. We have to see how it comes I mean, out. This is, like, Are you not a homer or are you? I mean, I've, I've had how many years of Washington disappointment? <laughs> like, the D.C. area for any sort of sports, unless you like soccer, has been abysmal for 20 plus years at this point we have one championship that happened last year with the capitals i mean so we're on an upstreak was yeah i guess we are on an on a i don't know i just i'm i'm keeping my hopes at the bottom of the barrel so i'm not disappointed okay harvey z i think is gonna have to turn into a full-on justice enthusiast well see it's hard for me because i already have kind of my team i know like i i'm going to root for the justice because they're they're the home team yeah but i like i'm already an la gladiator fan from but the first you have season. no attachments to la right now do you i mean i liked all the players on the team i like their logo design i like like i like their attitude you know so okay. i like gladiators right now are my team we'll see what and happens is dallas number two or <laughs> Calling you out, putting Justice at number three now. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Like, Dallas, I was pretty much only in for Seagull. Ah. And he's not playing anymore. He does, he, he, he retired. retired from the Overwatch League. He just does streaming now. Uh, so, I don't know. Like, I'll probably have, like, sentimental attachment to mm-hmm. the Fuel and probably root for them in, ah. in, like, random games and stuff. But I don't know if I'd be, like, you know, paint myself blue and, mm-hmm. you know... I was a Peyton stuff. Manning fan, and I, that's why I liked him on the Colts. And people were like, you like Ravens and Colts? How does that make sense? I like Peyton Manning. And then once he retired, fuck the Colts. Fuck them. <laughs> I, I still the like the Colts because I like uh, Andrew Luck. Nope. Okay. Nope. Stanford guy. All right. Well, <laughs> anyway, so that's uh Sports ball talk. Sports ball. We covered all the games you need. Uh, if you didn't find something you liked in this podcast that we were discussing, then I'm sorry to say this isn't the podcast for you. No, write us in. Tell us about it. We'll figure it out and we'll talk whatever thing you want to talk about that's sporty. All right. Well, you can write to us at makemeagamerpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us what you think. Where can they find you, Harvey Z? On Twitter at the Z is silent. You can find me on Twitter at T Man Plays Games, and you can find our podcast Twitter at Make Me a Podcast. Uh, you can find my writings at tmanwrites.com, and that's all of it. Uh, I don't think we have anything else yet. I'm going to see if we can get us on SoundCloud, because apparently that's Wait. the hip new thing to do. Really? It, For put, podcasts? Yeah, put podcasts on like SoundCloud. we can be SoundCloud, not rappers, but SoundCloud. I mean, podcasts. you can be a SoundCloud rapper if you Hell want. yes. <laughs> Here, wrap us out. Let's do our nope, outro. Nope. I, was, I already had my own thing in my mind, but okay. So, wait, really? SoundCloud? Yeah, I've seen... I thought we were going to try to go for a Discord. I mean, we're also going to set up a Discord eventually. Like, but we need to have more than like three us and two other people in the Discord. I feel like that's a good level of van interaction. Then <laughs> those guys get whatever sports they want. <laughs>
All right. So uh, be on the lookout. You know, probably next week I'll have, by the time this airs, then the following week. I don't know. I'll figure something out. Okay. Uh, maybe it'll be in the link's description if we have a Discord. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Okay. Things are happening. Yeah. That, that, that nice, ambiguous ending. Who knows what we're doing, but we're doing it. That sounds like a good way to go into 2019. <laughs> Who knows what we're doing, but we're doing it. All right. We'll see you next week.